As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Stop sort of being in awe of that stuff and start using what that stuff does for you to have more conversations. It's about picking up the phone in conjunction with digital marketing. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. In fact, this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many others. Today, well, it's Sunday, so we're going to be doing Skill Set Sunday, and we have an expert amongst us in converting leads into customers. Not only is he an expert, he is the author of the best-selling book, The Conversion Code. How you doing, Chris Smith? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Nice to have you on, my friend. And today, we're going to be talking about how to turn leads into customers, which is what your book is focused on. Can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background before we dive into that? Sure, no problem. I, I think they're actually very related. I grew up in the boiler room, Joe, meaning the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Wolf of Wall Street mindset where you dial for dollars in a cubicle. And when I got into that, the internet had just started, basically. The consumer internet was just taking off. So I ended up working for a guy named Lou Perlman. He actually just passed away. And he discovered NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. And so he used the internet to get leads. 
And then he had people like me calling those leads to get them to come to Orlando to try to become famous too. And so he sold vacation packages on the back of that. I also worked at Quicken Loans, which is a, a huge mortgage company, push button, get mortgage, Super Bowl commercials. They own the Cleveland Cavs. And I also was in their boiler room calling and try to convince people that 30 seconds earlier had seen an ad on Yahoo to refinance their home with me through the phone and through a computer, which was pretty mind blowing in like 06, 07, that that was even possible. So I've been thinking about lead conversion, converting internet leads for about 12 years. And then throughout that journey, I ended up working for some other really cool companies like Realtor.com, Inman News. I ended up now starting my own company. I just found a lot of commonalities in the way that billionaires and billion dollar companies became that way. And it's not just all marketing, it's sales too. Mm -hmm. There's not just the ad during the commercial, there's the guy like me calling to convert you. And I just learned a lot and I put all that into one book. Well, I want to dive right in then. I'm going to be buying that. I will probably buy it within 90 seconds after we get done talking on Amazon. Is that the best place to buy it? Yeah, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Okay, cool. I'll get through Amazon so it helps your rankings in Amazon. I know what that means as an author myself. All right, let's dive into, now that you've set the foundation with your experience, how do you approach turning leads into customers? Sure. The way I learned from my coaches back in the day, they always used a lot of acronyms. And it was just easy to remember. You know, salespeople, we're not the smartest people, Joe. You know, a lot of times the best salespeople don't have college degrees. They just have that kind of gift of gap. And so there's a lot of acronyms that I use. And one of them is about what's called gaining control, which I call GC, and sort of understanding another acronym called ARPing. And when you're calling an internet lead, there's things we can talk about around how quickly you need to call, how often you need to call, what time you should call. I'm happy to cover all of that. But at the heart of what your job is when you're selling is that you have to get somebody more excited than the cost of what you sell during the time you have their attention. Say that statement again. I want to sure. make sure I understand. The key to selling anything is that you create more value, more of an emotional buy-in than the cost during the time they're in front of you. Okay. And my coach drew a really simple kind of X, Y axis to kind of accompany that, which is in the book. Really, that's your job. How do I get them more emotionally bought in than the price during the time and ask for their business? And so to have a conversation to convince someone to work with you, it's not going to take one minute. It's not going to take five minutes. It's going to take, in my experience, 20 minutes to 60 minutes to go through sort of the entire conversation that leads to a yes. So what I found is a lot of salespeople struggle. They get a call with a lead and the lead puts up a little bit of a fight out of the gates and they give up. And that's what I call a brick wall. You know, you call somebody, hey, are you interested in our coaching? Are you interested in our Zillow ads? Are you interested in our mortgages? And they almost always just say, well, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in what the interest rates are. Or I'm not interested in getting pitched on what you do. I just was curious how much it costs. Right. As humans, we do that. We put up that brick wall. So what my coach taught me is a really cool technique. I think could benefit all of your listeners. Anybody that talks to people on the phone a lot. It's called ARP. You acknowledge these brick walls. You respond to them 
and then you pivot away from them and you get the conversation back on track because if you're getting hung up on and you can't quite get around that initial kind of confrontation over the phone with a lead, you're never going to get them to get their credit card out 45 minutes later. So what you would do is you say, oh, you want to know what the interest rates are? That's a great question. That's the acknowledge. And what I learned from Dan Gilbert about inside sales is that when you're calling people on the phone to sell to them, the physiology is gone. 55% of how we communicate as people is actually physiology. And it's 38% tone, and it's only 7% the words we say. And so when you're on the phone, you don't have physiology. So something like acknowledging back what was said is very important. Oh, you just want to know what the rates are? Oh, you just want to know what we sell costs? Oh, you just want to know if it's available? No problem. I'll look that up for you, right? That black lab mindset when you pick up that phone. But then you have to respond to the question. So if you're in the mortgage industry right now, you would say, the rates are about the lowest they've ever been in the history of interest rates. That's an answer. That's a response. If they said, how much is what you sell? You could say, what we sell is not inexpensive. You don't have to directly answer it, but you do have to respond to it. And then the key here is that you then pivot back to asking other questions. Oh, you just want to know what the rates are? Great question. They're the lowest they've ever been. How much money were you looking to save to make doing a refinance make sense? And now I'm pivoting it back to a deeper conversation. So there's sort of these little techniques that we call wet, meaning it works every time. <laughs> ARP is one of those. And I hope your audience enjoyed that tip. <laughs> yeah, I think that can be immediately applied. You mentioned earlier, how quickly do you call internet leads back and what time? What are the answers to that? Well, the number one thing is speed, and then the number two thing is tenacity. So the impact of speed on lead conversion is staggering. There's a 100x decrease in the ability to convert an internet lead between the fifth minute and the 30th minute. Okay. So a lot of people will try to call right away. Gosh, there's people that you go on their website to fill out a form, and it replies and says, hey, we reply to emails between 2 and 3 p.m. or something like that. Like, if you're in the boiler room, if you're spending the money on the marketing to generate the lead, if you're doing all the hard work to capture, you have to be quick. So you have seconds, not minutes. You have minutes, not hours to call these leads back. So you have to call every lead you get in less than five minutes. And if you don't, just hear that ticking time bomb in your head that every second that's passing is decreasing your ability to convert. And then Salesforce did a really interesting study around how many times should I try in order to contact as many leads as possible? Because I know I talk to a lot of people at my speaking events and they're all saying they call a lead once or maybe twice or maybe three times. But what Salesforce found was that if you'll call leads six times compared to one, your contact rate will go from 48% up to about 93%. So you can't just dial and then be done. You can't just dial once or twice and then give up. You can actually almost double your contact rate by increasing your effort, increasing your tenacity, increasing the number of attempts per lead up to about six. On the flip side, does it seem desperate to call them back immediately? 
I think in the world we live in, it feels actually unprofessional not to. Okay. That would be my counter argument to that. I think as a consumer myself, when I went online and looked into buying a very expensive pool recently, I didn't want them to get back with me 45 minutes later. Like, I understand your point. Like, if you're so busy, how did you respond quickly, right? But you're talking about it at a business, you should have people and technology and systems in place to make that happen without fail. And if you're a solopreneur, it can be hard. But I think speed wins every single time. What's something that you see as a common mistake that salespeople make? Well, one common mistake out of the gates is they get the lead and then they call, right? They kind of do what we've covered so far. And then the lead doesn't pick up and they leave a voicemail. That's a mistake. We live in a world where if you get a number that calls you that you don't recognize, what would you do, Joe? You would ignore it. And then you're kind of hoping that you don't get a voicemail while you ignore it, by the way. And what we use is a simple technique called the double dial. People are so quick to just ignore a call from a number they don't know that if you'll actually just call again right away, don't leave a voicemail, don't send a text, just call again immediately after the voicemail picks up, they will answer at an alarming rate. Maybe somebody's hurt. Maybe it's an emergency. This must be important. That's kind of the consumer behavior that I use. So you have to use it too. And so those little techniques can help tremendously. The other biggest mistake is the art of war. You have to win the battle before it's fought. So the biggest mistake I see in general is that people are winging it. They actually don't have a script. They don't have a framework. They don't have the same questions that if they ask help their cause, they wing it. And I think winging it is a huge mistake. And I know if you're a company who's spending money on lead generation, you're certainly not going to want the guys calling the leads to wing it. And a lot of independent contractors, a lot of real estate agents like I work with, they actually, that's their biggest mistake, Joe. They just wing it on the calls. How do you prepare for a call? Well, I have a technique I use called a pre-call stalk. Would you like me to go through it? Yep, please. I believe that through social media and what people would call big data, you should never cold call again. Even if you don't know the person or they're a lead in your database, you don't know them personally. So what I do is step one is if you have an internet lead, it means you have their email. And what a lot of people don't know is that if you do a Google search with an email address, it will show 100% positive results and matches. You can't really search by name. I have a very common name, Chris Smith, and you would never find me. But if you search Chris at Curator.com, 100% of those results are about me. It's my LinkedIn. It's my Facebook. It's my Twitter. It's my About page. So the first thing I do is I Google the person's email address so I can gather intel. The second thing I do is exactly the same thing, but over on Facebook. You can search the box on Facebook by phone number or email. And so even if they're not your friend, if they use the email they gave you or the number they gave you in according with their Facebook account, you can find them there. And there's a goldmine of information there, Joe. Their interests, their hobbies. It's scary, but you can see what people did this weekend, right, while you're doing your reconnaissance. And then the last thing I do is I use a really great app called Charlie, which is just Charlie app. And what that does is that actually plugs into my calendar And right before all my calls, it sends me a link 
with all the intel. So I don't even really have to do the Google search anymore, the Facebook search, that's sort of a manual thing. Charlie app will sort of do that for you and bring you what it finds and it'll put it right into your Google calendar for your appointments. So that's my process of sort of pre-call prep. How did you come across Charlie? I use a website called Product Hunt, like pretty much once a day to just see what the most trending and popular kind of tools are. And typically because the community there votes, like only the cream rises to the top. So a lot of the apps, a lot of the things I find myself using and loving are coming from ProductHunt.com. When you do a presentation in front of a group, if you're asked to present somewhere, what topic do you talk about the most that resonates? Well, this boiler room stuff is really resonating. And it's funny when an old school sales guy that used to sell Canon copiers comes up and tells me he remembers some of that advice from the past. But... What I'm finding to be the most useful use of my time and what helps the audience the most is teaching them how to dominate Facebook through advertising. We've talked a lot about conversion, but there isn't a company in the world right now, in my opinion, who couldn't build their entire sales funnel and generate every lead they needed through Facebook alone. What are the steps to do that? Well, you know, there's 2 billion people there, Joe, but there's about 30 million business pages. There's only 3 million people doing ads, and there's only 1 million small businesses doing ads. So this is the golden age of Facebook ads, kind of like if we could hop back into 1998 and get really good at Google. So you need a page, you need your credit card on file, and then you need to put out ads that are awesome. And I cover... A ton of that in my book, but anyone can Google good Facebook ads. So you need sort of a landing page tool, which you can use lead pages or Unbounce or something like Insta pages. And then you need a lead magnet, basically, which would be the thing you're giving in exchange for their info. So it's actually really nice because I can actually set up a Facebook funnel and get people more leads through that than they get through their website all year. Can you give a specific example of maybe one that you've implemented or one someone else has that you know that took your advice? One thing we did recently, and I think it's pretty relevant to almost any business, is we needed to hire someone, right? We needed to hire some employees. So we created a page on our website explaining the positions and the culture and the company. And then what Facebook ads is really cool about letting you do is geographic targeting. So we wanted to make sure the people we hired lived within five miles of our office. So we actually targeted the ad using our office address and then within five miles of that. And then Facebook ads has interests and age and a lot of other things too. So we basically wanted people who were interested in sales and marketing and we were hiring a digital marketing position and an inside sales position. And the thing about Facebook that's different is All of the people we hired, Joe, they were looking on the job websites. They had an account at Indeed. They were looking at Muse. They were looking at Monster. But when they go to Facebook, they're not. And if you can be in that feed at the right time for the right person when no one else is, it's a game changer. So we got eight resumes, hired three people, and spent less than $500 in four days. 
And that's just not what it's normally like to hire someone. So that would be one example that I could use. But we generate buyer leads for real estate agents, seller leads for real estate agents, gym memberships for a fitness studio, speaking gigs for an attorney. There's nothing that you can't sell because Facebook is the internet. As we recap what we've talked about and we kind of think back to everything that you've talked about in terms of turning leads into customers and ARPing and everything else, is there anything that you haven't talked about as it relates to converting leads into customers that you want to mention before we sign off? Yes, I do. I want to talk about the fortune being in the follow-up and how follow-up has changed and how your follow-up should change. So I talked a lot about a new lead, right? But through email, through Facebook ads, through things like retargeting, it's sort of easier than ever to kind of stay in front of a lead over time. And so what I believe everyone should be doing is what's called behavior-based follow-up. So you get new leads and you know they're either good or not and you kind of figure that out and move on. But you can send an email to all of your old leads today and you can write a great message and you can put a link in it and you can try to get people to take action and reply. But where the fortune is at is then calling all the people who opened or clicked in the very short future after you sent it. So it's about leveraging a digital channel like a mass email to then create a list for your sales channel to call. And when you are a salesperson and you get a list of leads, it's not that they're a new lead, it's that they opened a message from our company within the last day and clicked on it. Like salespeople are totally cool calling that kind of a lead. So what I think everybody really should think about is if you're doing drip email, if you're doing mass email, if you have any kind of like technology that sort of looks at which pages on your website different people are using, Stop sort of being in awe of that stuff and start using what that stuff does for you to have more conversations. It's about picking up the phone in conjunction with digital marketing, and that is not happening enough at all. The way people have followed up with leads forever, Joe, has been time-based. They got a lead, they called. They didn't answer, they call tomorrow. They don't answer, they call a month from now. And when you want to really skyrocket your conversions, you need to call people that were looking at your brand in the last day. That would be a big change to your conversion rate right there. What digital platform do you use to track that? Well, there's a bunch of stuff that does it. I mean, the best one for like user tracking, meaning like looking at what every person in your database is doing on your site, we use Intercom and we also have used Mixpanel. And then as far as just sort of like sending emails and being able to identify who opens, who clicks, every email tool does that, but MailChimp is great at that. We use one called Happy Grasshopper. And then again, most CRMs, whether you use Salesforce or we use Follow-Up Boss or you might use some other kind of CRM, most of those technologies have that data as well. So the technology is there, the data is there, and now the dials need to be there. Chris, where can the best ever listeners get in contact with you and learn more about your stuff? 
Well, they can't Google me, Joe, unfortunately. <laughs> they <won't>. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, they can just email me, chris at curator.com, C-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R.com. If they visit Curator, there's a link there to our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube. We have a big popular podcast of our own about sales and marketing called The Water Cooler. I've got a couple cool books out and all the information about that's available at curator.com. Tons of actionable advice on turning leads into customers. Congratulations on your new book, The Conversion Code, and all the success that it's had to date and it will continue to have. Thank you for going through certain techniques like ARPing where you acknowledge you respond and then you pivot away to get back on track as well as behavior-based follow-up that you just talked through, identifying the leads that are happening within 24, 48 hours, and then picking up the phone and calling them. I've noticed that play a large part in my business as well where I actually pick up the phone and, and dial numbers versus just simply exchanging emails or text messages. It's, it's a revolutionary thing now, and it's very effective. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best-ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. If you're interested in learning more about the Upper West Side of New York City and potentially buying real estate in this coveted Manhattan neighborhood, check out ilovetheupperwestside.com. This website was created and owned by Love Where You Live Realty, who specialize on the Upper West Side. Go to ilovetheupperwestside.com.